is an interesting medrash. Medrash says that the world was surrounded by water, and then the water receded, and there was dry land, which created the possibility for life, life on earth. And then as we see at the end, when people started corrupting their ways, came the Mabel in the time of Noach, and the, water beca- the world became again covered with water, just like it was in the beginning of creation. The Medrash says, that in the early part of creation, when the world was still covered with water, in the beginning, before Hashem uh, caused the water to recede, then the praise of Hashem came from water. And in the end, when people corrupted their ways, He covered the earth again with water, so His praise can be heard again coming from the water, Mikhailitz Mayim Rabim, as the Medrash that continues. The Medrash gives a marshal. <clears throat> a king had a big palace, and he settled the palace with people or servants that were all uh, mute. They couldn't speak. And these uh, subjects were very respectful to the king. Every morning they would greet the king, but because they couldn't speak, they would greet the king with sign language, with their fingers, with their heads. They would make all kinds of uh, signals uh, to show their respect and their affection for the king. They would take off their scarves in a greeting manner to show you know, respect for the king, and so on. So the king said, wow, this is amazing. Look at all these subjects that are so respectful and there is such sense of decorum in the palace. Now imagine, he said, if I had subjects that could speak, they could speak their minds, they could express what they feel towards me, wouldn't that be so much greater? And he brought in a whole other crew of subjects they could speak, they were not mute. They could speak, and he was looking forward to hear these subjects sing and speak audibly, sound out his greatness, his praises. But as soon as these new subjects took over the palace, they began to feel at home and began to deny that the king is the owner of the palace. And in charge of this palace, they decided that they were owning the palace and they were running the show. And the king decided, okay, I'm going to remove those new subjects because they're no good. And I'm going to bring the situation back to what it was originally, where these silent people who can't speak will again take over the palace and they will continue to respect me and and motion, at least, with their fingers and hands in all kinds of ways to show that they respect me and recognize my authority. That's the marshal of the Medrash. What is the meaning of this marshal? Well, if we look in Breshis, 
I'm just, you know, summarizing something that many of the commentaries talk about in various parts of the parasha. We can basically summarize it in the following way. The world was created like a dichotomy. Some safer punk points out there are a number of dichotomies in the parsha. There's heaven and earth. They're opposite each other. Heavens is a place that gravitates towards the sublime, the spiritual, the transcendent, towards the source, the source of life. Earth is earthbound, so to speak. Gravity, it's drawn downwards, away from the source. These are two completely opposite entities. Um, the purpose is so that we bring a sense of um, spiritual awareness to the earth. So the earth wakes up and realizes that it also belongs to a higher source. Bringing some kind of conciliation between heaven and earth. As I mentioned before from the Baal Shem Tov, Hashemayim, Shemayim Lashem, the heavens are naturally identified with God, with the source, the Malachim. They naturally gravitate towards Hashem and sing all the time His praises. But the earth, which is detached from the source by, by nature, he gave to mankind to do what? Says the Baal Shem Tov, to turn earth also into heaven. Heaven is naturally heaven, but earth is not naturally heaven. Earth is naturally earth. But he wants us to make earth into a heavenly earth. So the idea is for us, through our service or our Veda, bring conciliation between this in this dichotomy, heaven and earth. We have a dichotomy between day and night. And God separated. There's a dichotomy between dark and... And we know from Chazal, day is goodness, night is associated with darkness, there's a dichotomy. Our avoidance is to bring conciliation. Through tshuva, even the become reconciled and they're, they're, they're transformed into mitzvahs. Men and women, Hashem created them separately. Yes, in the beginning, according to one medrash, it says he created them simultaneously as a, some kind of a, like a duality. Um, but uh, Chazal say that event, that this was in the beginning, but then later on, Hashem, in the second version, it seems that he created first men, then he created women separately. Really, men and women are opposites. And the idea is to bring oneness despite the dichotomy. Um, we have that between body and soul. The whole story of Adam Echav is about the the gap, the wedge that was driven between the body and the soul. Right? That the body no longer identifies with the mission of the soul, but craves for other things, for its own agenda, its own set of desires and concerns. It no longer joins the soul in its spiritual and divine journey here on earth. It doesn't no longer sees itself as an accessory to the soul. As we understand from Hasidus, that this is the, the, the root of the whole problem of the Chedet Sadas, that the man developed a, a separate material consciousness as a result of the Chedet Sadas. There's a wedge driven between body and soul. The purpose is the body and soul will become a harmonious uh, whole, a harmonious entity 
they, where they complement each other. So we have the various um, dichotomies that run through the parsha, and all of them is to bring achdos. Achdos means not where everything is the same, everything identifies with the same source, but there is clearly a dichotomy. In other words, there's one reality that naturally identifies with the source, and there's another reality which naturally seems to be um, rivaling with the source, rivaling with this identification, and bringing a sense of consciousness of belonging to the source anyways, despite of this, uh, this detachment, that's what the Avedi is. That's called Achtos Avayim. Achtos Avayim means that even in a place which by nature, by default, seems to gravitate towards independence and autonomy and separateness from the source, even there it would be evident, uh, abundantly evident, that, that the divine source is there as well. Because the Abishter is not confined only to places which are naturally identifying with him, openly identifying with him, he's also present in the most um, adversarial and most rivaling entity that seems to be rivaling with him, he's there as well because he transcends any dichotomy. Recognizing and bringing that to the fore is what Achdus is about, bringing a unification in a place and maybe the spite of the dichotomy that exists between the different aspects of reality. This is what the Medrash is saying. Initially, there was just water. Water, says Chassidus, is Almediskasia, a world which naturally identifies with its source, just like water covers upon all its life that's inside it. Marine life is completely covered by its source, by water. Um, it's, just, it's a metaphor for the Malachim, the Shamas in Ganeden. They're always surrounded by their divine source. They're enveloped by it. They're in a constant state of recognition of their connection and dependency on the godly source. So that's water. When the world was enveloped in water, spiritually meaning it means the praise of Shem came from a place which naturally identifies with him. There's no room, no possibility for rivalry with Hashem. But Hashem says, I want to create human beings. You know, the, the Medrash uses the marshal, mute people. Mute people are people that cannot speak their minds independently. They're naturally very much programmed, like Malachim are programmed to identify with the divine source. These mute people, they bow every day, they, they motion with their hands, they're very respectful of the king, they're not capable of disagreeing with the king. So says the king, I want to create people and bring people into my palace that can speak. They're independent, they have a sense of autonomy. And my praise and my reality, my presence will emanate from such a place. That would be great, that would be fantastic. That would be dynamic, that even from a place that seems to be exhibiting independence, even there it would be evident that I'm there as well, I'm everywhere, I'm omnipresent. But it didn't happen because the beginning of creation, everything was um, arranged in a top-down fashion. That means 
if you were connected to the source, which was the source of life and existence, and you naturally identify with it, then you were alive. You, you, the moment you, a person moved out of sync with its divine source, uh, exhibiting a sense of independence, uh, acting in defiance of the divine source, you naturally lost that connection of life. And, and the natural consequence was self-destruction. That's what led to the Mabal. But Hashem promised after the Mabal, it'll never happen again. Why not? Because what Hashem did, as Chassidus says, is plant within creation itself, within this uh, world of, of separateness and independence. He, he, he planted a piece of himself. That is a piece of himself that's active in that world, that even no matter how low a person will stoop, they will always be able to come back. The concept of tshuva, in a way, was created, the seeds of tshuva, by the mabal. Mabal is a purification process. So initially, the message says, Hashem says, I'm going to bring the world back to its original state, where everything is covered with water. Bring it back to this sublime state, which is so naturally in tune and in sync with the, with the divine source. But that wasn't the purpose of creation, to have malachim that are naturally programmed to do what Hashem wants. That's not the purpose. That was only a prelude to allowing the world to have this sense of autonomy and independence, and yet in spite of that, even there, instill a, a deep sense that Hashem, Hashem is there as well. Hashem is beyond any dichotomy. That's what the Marvel accomplished. So that's the deeper meaning of water. In Kilusai, in beginning of creation, the praise of Hashem could only come from a place that's covered with water, a place that's naturally identifying with Hashem. But after the Marvel, Hashem brought the world back first to the state, the original state, and restarted the process of creation. But this time in a different fashion. When, where things are not necessarily uh, um, arranged in a fashion where everything is in tune with the source, but there could be a sense of autonomy and independence and separateness, and yet even there, feel that we're all one. That Abish that transcends all the economies and is everywhere, including in Elam Haza Tachtan, which is a world which by nature uh, has a sense of the separateness and detachment from the source.